Memorial Health System provides comprehensive health services that meet the needs of the region we serve. And we are proud to present Memorial Health Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. Today's topic is prostate health, and all men, regardless of age, should be aware of their prostate health. My guest is Dr. Carson Wong. He's a urologist with Memorial Health System. Dr. Wong, what is the prostate? What does it do? Well, uh, good morning, first of all, and thank you for the opportunity. Uh, the prostate is um, an organ uh, that is unique to uh, men. It is, uh, it is roughly the size of um, a walnut, and uh, it is involved with uh, the male reproductive system. It has uh, one function, and its sole function is to uh, pr- uh, produce uh, the seminal uh, fluid um, for, um, obviously, procreation. Um, there is a specific protein that is produced by the prostate called the prostate-specific antigen, or more commonly known as PSA. That protein functions to liquefy uh, semen following uh, ejaculation. So what happens to a man's prostate as they age? Do they naturally get larger? Is this a common occurrence? What happens? Well, as uh, as we as we men have more birthdays, uh, the tendency is for our prostates to uh, somewhat enlarge. Now, that's a that's a bit of a uh, oversimplification, um, and by that I mean that um, uh, size of the prostate doesn't necessarily correlate with um, men having uh, difficulty with urination. Um, but any any uh, man who has uh, um, gone through the decades will probably uh, willingly or unwillingly admit, but usually the spouse will definitely admit that uh, difficulty with urination does develop. The driving force uh, for this uh, potential enlargement of the prostate uh, tends to be uh, time-related or age-related exposure to the male hormone testosterone. I call it uh, kind of like the gasoline that drives the car. So it's time for a man to see a urologist at what age, and men are so hesitant, Dr. Wong. I mean, it seems that it's their partner that has to shove them in to see someone like you because they're just so afraid of whatever it is you're going to test them for, and I don't understand it. Women, we've been seeing our doctors since we're 16, so, you know, is this the case? Do you see that men are hesitant, and at what age should they start to come see you? Absolutely. Uh, I think our, our our female counterparts have been uh, much better at uh, at um, self awareness and 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 um, uh, being um, proactive about their own health care. Um, but uh, you know, traditionally, what you're saying is is uh, is, is definitely true. Um, but in in recent times, uh, I think that uh, men's health issues have become uh, more socially acceptable. Uh, that was probably um, initiated by, um, you know, some uh, prominent individuals uh, who themselves have experienced uh, prostate issues, potentially prostate cancer, and uh, have increased public awareness. We have Men's Health magazines now, and and uh, the fact that uh, you know we're talking about this on uh, on this medium uh, right now, um, you know, emphasizes the fact that potentially it's more uh, socially acceptable and men are more willing to accept it. 
uh, although it is not common locker room talk uh, historically. No. <laughs> um, uh, and you're right. It's usually the, the spouse that uh, that um, encourages or, or pushes the husband to do that. Um, I think there is a fear, a fear of the unknown, number one. Uh, number two is uh, um, hearsay is dangerous um, because um, everyone knows someone who's had a potentially not so pleasant experience and that gets propagated and uh, so that only further accentuates the fear uh, not only of the unknown but fear of the process of uh, of being evaluated um, and thirdly is that um, you know there is a certain machismo that comes along with uh, um, the y chromosome in that um, you know um, it's uh, it's uh, it's not uh, something that uh, you know, like I said, in the locker room, they're going to share with a buddy that say, "Hey, you know what? Um, you know, I'm 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 really struggling with my 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 urination or or other other male issues." Sure, and they so, don't want to talk about jail. that digital exam that you're going to talk about. Exactly, exactly, and that's that's what I was referring to when I said, you know, not only <laughs> yeah. the fear of the unknown, but the fear of the process. Uh, so, um, but in general, um, men should. Uh, be checked at the age of 50. And this is a, a, a general sweeping statement. Uh, and by 50, um, how, you, how you get checked is, A, you get a digital rectal examination, as you say, and you also uh, get a, a blood test. And that blood test is called a serum PSA, or which I um, uh, hinted at earlier, the serum prostate-specific antigen. Those are, both both components are required for screening, uh, not one alone, uh, not one standalone, and um, and uh, so, and that is the most sensitive for determining if there is something that requires further attention. Having said that, um, men who have a family history of having prostate cancer, for example, uh, these men need to be screened uh, slightly earlier, and that tends to be a decade earlier, uh, starting at the age of forty. Uh, in addition to having a family history. Uh, men of African American descent uh, are known to have a higher incidence or uh, frequency, if you will, of prostate cancer, and that ca- uh, um, that uh, group of men also need to be screened uh, starting at the age of forty. Uh, these statements are only uh, related to generalized screening, um, and uh, there's been confusion about that in recent years. Um, so that's why I kind of need to clarify that for you right now. For men who experience, let's say, a weaker stream, uh, having to pee more frequently than usual during the day, small amounts, uh, those who have to get up at night to go pee, uh, or potentially have uh, difficulty with emptying their bladder, these men uh, now have symptoms, uh, symptoms that have developed, which probably, uh, you know, the the... the the quote generally is, well, I'm not peeing like when I was 18. And, uh, you know, for these men, regardless of age, um, they should seek attention uh, because now it's not just a screen. It's, it's, um, it's an evaluation of, uh, of something that has changed and that something is, you know, uh, some of these things that they experience with regards to their avoiding. So, Dr. Wong, if you do a PSA, tell us about those numbers. And if you determine that this man has BPH, if he has a bit of an enlarged prostate, does that necessarily mean that they have cancer? Because that's what men are afraid to hear. 
is if they've right. got an enlarged prostate, oh my gosh, does that mean I have cancer? Explain that PSA number a little bit. Okay. Well, um, we are, when one gets evaluated, uh, whether it's screening or whether it's with symptoms, the important thing, as you outlined, is to differentiate whether it is BPH or benign prostate hyperplasia or you know, non-cancerous enlargement of the prostate versus prostate cancer. And, and, and I always uh, kind of maintain to patients that you, know, you would rather deal with something and address something proactively when it's a quality of life issue. And having those avoiding symptoms that we talked about tends to be a quality of life issue as opposed to waiting until it is a medical issue. Um, uh, because when it's, a, when it's a quality of life issue, uh, one still maintains the uh, ability to make personal choices uh, because it, uh, quality of life affects everyone differently. If it gets neglected and becomes something that becomes a medical issue, and by medical issue I mean left unchecked, some of these things can progress to difficulty with urination or inability to urinate, uh, blood in the urine, uh, recurrent infections, stones, uh, kidney failure, prostate cancer, that's when it becomes a medical issue. And at that point, um, uh, as, a, as a urologist, all I can do is counsel you as far as, well, well, these are your options, but something definitely needs to be done. And the ability for you to make the decision whether or not you would like to proceed uh, is somewhat hindered because it's no longer a quality of life issue, but it has become a medical issue. With regards to the PSA, the PSA number, um, first of all, has uh, um, uh, it varies in that multiple things can influence the, the PSA value in itself. And that's what's given it kind of a, uh, a, a bad rap, if you will, over the years. Um, for example, um, if you are um, severely constipated, have a heart bowel movement, um, if you have an active infection in the urine, um, or um, if you um, um, were um, experienced ejaculation within the last 48 hours, that could falsely elevate that PSA value. So those are things that uh, we have to be cognizant about. And when we see someone and someone gets a blood test, it's not just you know simply looking at that value. That's, an, that's what I mean by an oversimplification. We need to look at that value, and we look, need to look at that value over time. And um, that way we get a trend. And then if we see changes in that trend, then that also should trigger um, um, our, our antennas as far as if there's something that needs to be evaluated further. So that's an important over point that you just made, Dr. Wong, is that it's that baseline and so that you can evaluate it and see the trend. So please speak to us, summarize this. Wrap it up for us about prostate health. If men were to want to keep their prostate healthy, are there some things that you would recommend as a urologist that they can do? Is Does nutrition play a role or exercise or smoking, alcohol use? Give us some prevention tips, some good, healthy prostate tips. Well, um, I wish I could. Uh, you know, there are certain certain uh, conditions in the in the uh, genital urinary tract certain cancers that absolutely I can tell you hey if you quit smoking uh if you uh you know potentially for uh, um 
uh, eat more, you know, drink more fluids and all that sort of stuff and eat more fruits and vegetables, that kind of thing, that could potentially help uh, mitigate your risk of developing issues. Um, unfortunately, with uh, with the prostate, that's um, that's uh, that's not as uh, straightforward, and and I, I'm not able to give you anything specific in that nature. However, I can tell you that you know constipation, caffeine, spicy foods, things like that can absolutely irritate uh, your prostate and potentially uh, worsen some of the the uh, difficulties with urination that we have outlined, such as frequency, urgency and getting up at night to go pee. Um, the best thing for prostate health is to be proactive and to adhere to screening, uh, the screening that was outlined earlier. And if one is to develop symptoms, like getting up at night to go pee and kind of waking the other half up uh, in doing so, or noticing that you know it takes longer to empty your bladder and if you have difficulty in emptying your bladder, at that point, when it is a quality of life issue, that is when you should seek attention, uh, seek a healthcare professional, whether it's a urologist or a primary care physician, uh, uh, or you know, or your internist or whoever you see. Um, it's it's important to to have it evaluated at that time so that we can address it early uh, during the quality of life phase, and also, uh, God forbid, if there's something that requires further attention. Uh, to uh, be referred appropriately. Thank you so much, Dr. Wong, for such important information for men and their partners to hear. You're listening to Memorial Health Radio with Memorial Health System. For more information, please visit mhsystem.org. That's mhsystem.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.